When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Unwinding. How are we doing? How's everybody's week? Are you surviving? Are you thriving? Hopefully you're thriving. And if not, hopefully you'll be thriving after this episode. I don't know how much magic I can do, but like I will try. Somebody needs to tell me what the fuck is going on with my voice because it's been this like raspy situation for over a week now. And I'm not going to lie. I love it. I really love it. It's kind of like, I don't know, I think it's a little sexy, you know what I mean? Except today, I had to record a voiceover for this brand collaboration that I'm working on, and I was like, oh, this is definitely not the vibe. I don't think they're going to like this. I don't think they're going to like this sexy, raspy voice, you know what I mean? So I tried everything. I ate like these ginger gummies that I found. I drank so much water. I drank tea, which like, can we just talk about that for a second? Because I... Do not enjoy tea whatsoever. It's like, hey, let's fucking boil some water, pour it into a glass, put a little bag of herbs in it, which 75% of them smell disgusting. Let it sit there for 58 years and hope that you catch it in its 0.0003 second window where it's remotely bearable to drink. But if you miss that 0.0003 window, it's cold. Like you have one second to enjoy it and it just tastes like watered down, like a watered down juice or something, like a really fucking watered down juice. And it's either piping hot or lukewarm, like there's just no in between. I don't get it. I am just not a tea kind of bitch, but I tried. I tried. It didn't work. So anyway, we're just going to figure it out. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, tell them I can redo it if they would like me to once my voice is better. Thankfully, it's not going up yet, but yeah, I hadn't even thought about that until today. So anyway, what else is up? Um, you guys loved the last episode, the last solo episode, and this is, this is like the coolest part of sharing things is realizing how many other people are actually navigating the same things or have been feeling the same things forever like it's it's wild and it's really cool so just know that if you listened to the last episode and you felt identified in any part of it I can't tell you how many people are in the same boat so it's just nice to know because I think often we feel things or go through things and we think that we're the only person in the world experiencing these things or we feel like we're the only person who feels some kind of way about something or that has anxiety or whatever and you're not and it's just a nice like reassuring feeling that you're not alone in your feelings you know so more solos to come because I hear you I hear that you enjoy them thankfully I can't shut up so that'll be no problem whatsoever yesterday so like today is Wednesday, July 20th, okay? So you're listening to this Thursday, July 21st. So yesterday, for me, the 19th, um, was an exciting day because we finally announced the launch, the launch date for Manana Times M Club, and I'm so excited about this. I mean, 
I'm so fucking excited about this. I'm so nervous, but I can't wait. And if you missed it, the collection will drop next week, next Wednesday, the 27th. We haven't announced a time yet, but we will. So make sure you're following M Club because everything will be posted there. And we're doing like little teases until the um, until the drop. So I can't wait. I think, I mean, I think this collection is fucking beautiful. I think you guys are going to be blown away. And yeah, I just can't wait. So what else can I tell you guys? Um, I've been a little bummed about a stupid boy who doesn't deserve me being bummed about him you know? And I was thinking today, I was doing my morning pages, which I've been doing. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically just journaling for three pages straight every single morning. It's meant to be a very habitual integration to your mornings and hopefully something you do like first thing in the morning. I've been trying to do 60 days consistently. I already flopped two days, but that's okay. And I honestly love it because Sometimes I go over the three pages because I have so many things in my brain. And some days I just have nothing that I want to talk about. But then I'm like, follow the rules. You're a Capricorn. You love rules. You've got to fill up these three pages. And so it makes me just like kind of sit there for a second and think about what I actually am feeling, you know? And I always like dig something up. Anyway, so this morning I was thinking about it. And instead of being like, why am I bummed? I started asking myself, why is this happening or like what can i learn from this or what is this situation trying to show me because it's it's not a big situation it's nothing dramatic nothing crazy it's just something that bummed me out about somebody and so i don't really have an answer honestly but one thing that came to my mind is i'm really trying to not be that person that justifies things or makes excuses for people just because they didn't fulfill the narrative that I had created for them in my mind. Like so rude of them to not follow the script. You know what I mean? And I think like something we do as women, I feel, is focus so much on potential, right? On like, well, if he did that, then it would be okay. Or if he does this, then it'll be okay. Or once this happens, everything will be okay. Because we want something to work out so bad. And instead of, I think sometimes instead of, digesting the facts that have been presented to us and instead of observing what somebody is doing present day like what somebody is showing you present day we focus on the what ifs and the and the potential we focus so much on the potential of something because we want something to work out right and it's like i don't always think this is wrong but sometimes like you know sometimes you know when you are focusing too much on the potential of something and it's it starts to rob you of your peace. And I think sometimes you have to look at patterns over potential. I always think that it's patterns over potential because potential is great. Potential is great. But if the person that has the potential doesn't even realize it or doesn't act on it, then what the fuck is the potential doing? Like, who is it serving? You know, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if any of that made sense, but ultimately, I think what I just realized today is like, I thought something was going to play out a certain way and, or not even honestly, but I thought, I just thought something was going to be different and it wasn't. And that's okay. But that's enough information for me to like have and acknowledge and be like, okay, cool. Noted. Because my peace is, is too precious. Like I've worked way too hard to find peace and intention in the areas of my life that I can control, which is who I'm surrounded by and who I allow into my life, right? I've worked so hard to keep this, to make it peaceful and intentional, and I work hard to keep it that way, and so I don't want to fuck that up. 
And so that's what I was thinking today was just like, you know what? Sometimes no answer is an answer. And sometimes you just have to realize that potential is only good if somebody fucking acts on it. That's honestly what it comes down to. And if you're choosing to hold on to that and it's continuously that's not that's not right is it continually continuously i don't i always fuck that one up if it's if it can if it keeps on robbing you of your peace i mean truthfully the only person who's who's losing there is you the only person you're doing a disservice to is yourself so that's really what i that's what i came down to today in my little morning journaling session so okay let's wrap up this intro let's talk about this episode let's talk about our beautiful guests today we have kim johnson on the podcast today you guys have heard of glossier right right i'm kidding i'm sure you have kim started her career at glossier casual and helped build their community from the ground up for five years before she moved to geneva where she is now head of community so she's all about building intentional communities within the digital space of brands and creators and we talk about how a community is something very different than an audience we get into so much in this conversation i know i say this all the time but i honestly felt like i was talking shit with an old friend like she was so easy to talk to so cool to talk to i can't wait for you guys to listen to this and yeah that's it so let's get into this episode and i hope you enjoy super excited to be here thanks for having me um so i'm kim i i lead community at geneva so we're uh in the simplest terms like a group messaging app specifically built for communities so um the way to think about geneva is kind of like if you're group chat for your sorority or your book club um, kind of got souped up and had more tools and things like that. And so it's for your sorority and your book club, but it's also for brand ambassador programs and create a lot of creator-led communities. Um, So we say communities of all shapes and sizes, which is how I like to put it. But um, but truly for groups and communities of all shapes and sizes. I love it. Okay. And I know you did a lot of community building at Glossier as well. And I just want to talk about yeah. that really quick. Cause I know I'm sure everybody asks you that always when you were there and you were working on the community and building it there, was there a moment or maybe a few moments where you were like, Oh wow. Like we're really building something special here. Like I'm really seeing this community really come together And if so, if you can remember a few of those moments, like what do you think you were doing to facilitate that? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, I think to start, like when I started, just background on me, I guess, I started at Into the Gloss, which was Glossy's editorial um, kind of blog before the brand launched, the brand being Glossy in 2014. And um, when I started doing community there in 2015, I think the thing I would say is, Glossy already had a really built-in community because of Into the Gloss in a lot of ways. Like there was such an active readership and community in the Into the Gloss um, comments and 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 all of that. So I think that that was like a really good foundational point that there was clearly so much connection and interest and excitement um, from people who just like wanted to dig deeper together and talk about beauty and and all these things. So. Um, I think, though, the, the couple of moments where I was like, oh, wow, were not necessarily like huge moments. They were actually like the small things that I started to just like notice were starting to happen organically over time. So I started our I actually started Glossier's community like 
platform on Slack in 2015, which is like this work chat app, because at the time there was really no other alternative aside from from Facebook groups, which I was like, I definitely don't want to do it there. Um, it's why I ultimately like joined the team at Geneva, because I just believe that every community needs like a better tool. But when I, I did that and the community started to grow and it was totally like invite based. So I was literally like inviting new people, either customers, ITG readers, people who are really engaged with us on social, just kind of like across the spectrum into that community on a monthly basis. And I think when I started to see that um, people in the community were like consistently saying to me, can I bring my friend? Like, can my friend, can I send an invite to my friend? That's such a good indicator of like, oh shit. Well, shoot. Like this space is something, okay, great. This space is something that like people love so much that they want to bring their friend. And not only I think because of the brand, but because of like the conversation, the connection, whether it's about beauty, I think ultimately beauty is one of those things. It's such a conduit for like more kinds of connection. So started with beauty conversation and then people are talking about their careers or moving, right? And so I think when people were like, I want to bring my friends is when I was like, okay, this is this is definitely something. And then the other times I would say, I also, I started Glossier's rep program, which was our ambassador program in 2016. And when we started to get like upwards of five emails a day from people saying like, how can I be a part of this program? I was like, okay, that feels like something too. Um, but I think those things were, you know, they're small, like a little note or a little email, but they ended up just really being the signals to me that people really want to be a part of this in some way and they want to participate. Um, and yeah, I think those were the, the, the little light bulb moments for me. Did you study, what did you study in college? I studied English at Barnard, which is in, okay. in New York. And I really, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this resonates with you or like you had a similar experience, but I studied English. I like, you know, I love to read. Same. I'm a Barnard girl. And I was like, okay, English seems good. You know, it seems fine. Yeah. I didn't have like a particular passion for English as a major, yeah. but I just didn't know what else to do. Um, I, was in the so, same, I was in the same, same, same spot. Yeah. What'd you major in? I ended up majoring in marketing, like business okay, slash cool. mar- marketing with like an emphasis in business. But again, I was like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck to do. It's either this or like, yeah. I wanted to do fashion marketing. My dad was like, Lisa, please, anything but fashion. Cause he was just so, you know, he grew up in a different time. He was very totally. business oriented. Like my brothers totally. went to like Ivy leagues. He wanted me to be a fucking lawyer. And I was like, can I go to fashion school? Yeah. He was like, oh, God. right. <laughs> But I mean, I mean, very similar. Yeah. Like my, I remember my, because <laughs> when I was in college, it was also, I don't know, like we were not in a good job market. And so I remember my dad sent me this article, I think that was like English major, why English majors are the most unemployed college graduates. Like, and I was like, dad, I love you, but this is so not helpful. <laughs> but it's totally, they're like so, from such a different time. I mean, even still, my family is like so excited about the work I do, but they're like, what are you talking about? We oh, <laughs> really don't my know. My mom has no idea works. what I do. Like, so I, totally. I, have a, I have a jewelry brand. And so she knows yeah. that. She understands that. 
But like anything aside from that, I'm like, mommy, did you um, listen to my podcast? And she's like, no, I keep like the app just like crash it. Like she has no idea. She has no idea what I do at all. (laughs) She tells everybody like when she, when she talks to people about me or whatever, when they ask like, oh, what's Lisa doing? Whatever. She tells everybody something different, which is just like, I'm like, so what did you say this time? She's like, oh, I told her that you were, I don't even know what she says, but she just says something different to everybody. But when I was in high school, I like. I, I flipped out because I was like, fuck, I don't know what I want to major in. Like, I have no idea. Totally. I had friends that were like, oh, I want to be a teacher. I want to, you know, right. when I'm at school, I, I know that I want to do something in business. Like, I had friends that had such a clear idea of what they wanted. And I always felt sort of jealous in a way because I was like, I don't have one thing. I know these random things that I like. But I think also, and I've said this before on the podcast, I sound like a broken record. I feel like when I was going to college, what I wanted to do was just kind of starting. It was like, you know, yeah. I ultimately wanted to do kind of what I'm doing now, which is for some reason overshare my life online and, you know, <laughs> from there do a bunch of other things. But I didn't really even know that yet. You know, like I grew up reading. I loved beauty, fashion, skincare, all this shit. And I loved writing. I would scrapbook all the time. I would read all the time. I just wanted to start a blog. Like that was my dream. And then I watched my first ever YouTube beauty video. I'll never forget it. Juicy star 07 on like showing me what was in her bag. And I was like, holy fuck, I found my calling. (laughs) Like that's what I want to do. Anyway, years, 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 years later, I'm finally now doing what I want to do. But um, yeah, I just, I wanted to know what you studied just because it's just always interesting to me, like what people studied versus what they end up doing once they feel like passionate about it. You know what I mean? Like once they find their passion. Totally. Totally. I, I really, that really resonates with me because I felt exactly the same when I was like in high school and, and college, honestly, I, I, I was definitely very like jealous of friends who were like, this is my thing. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and I, you know, I also had a lot of friends who, or a few friends who were like very academic and that was, that was their thing. They were like, I know I'm going to go to grad school and professors loved them. Um, and I was like a good student, but like professors didn't love me. I was like, fine. Um, and so I think that that combination of things was like very, it was very difficult. And I think the feeling in that time of life of like, when it comes to work or, or your career or profession, like not knowing what you don't know, it can be very overwhelming because you're like, oh my God, I need to figure it out now. Everyone feels like they have to figure it out in that moment. Um, and you just don't, like you, you truly don't figure it out until you just like keep layering pieces on top of each other. Um, and I also feel like, you know, it's interesting that you kind of like actually ended up doing exactly what you wanted and maybe it's a slightly different version of what you wanted to be doing or you didn't know exactly what that was going to look like but it ended up coming full circle and I think for me I definitely didn't imagine I I mean community wasn't really a role when I was in high school or early college so I didn't imagine doing this work and I also was a very, I was a huge introvert when I was a kid. Same. So like, I would never have imagined like hosting events Fucking that was not, same. that was not even a possibility in my mind. Um, and, but in a way that's so interesting, it actually does still totally connect to the stuff that I like loved when I was a kid. And I, 
I think that for myself too, like I've come full circle and I, I'm still building on my career. Like I don't know what it will become or evolve into. Um, but I think I feel like there's this idea that the more you, the older you get, the more you um, find out what you're supposed to be doing and you like become solid in that when in reality the older you get the more you become comfortable with not knowing what's coming exactly I was just gonna say that something I started to focus on in college was I was so for so many years in high school I just wanted to make my dad proud like that was like yeah I'm a Capricorn like fucking (laughs) I just wanted to make him proud I just wanted to sort of like not fulfill his dream of me becoming something amazing and like, I don't know, politically or medically or whatever. I was so focused on that. And I was simultaneously also so unclear about what I wanted to do. So it brought me into this point where I was like, I'm just going to fucking, you know, and then my life took a, my life like took a crazy uh, shift after high school. And then once I did, I had a gap year. And then once I did end up going to college, I was like, you know what? I love fashion, but like, I don't know what I would even do in fashion. I don't want to segment myself so much. So I'm just going to do marketing. I know that I can like kind of apply this into almost anything, you know? Um, And I started to think about, okay, I'm not really sure what I want to do. My dream was to be like a YouTuber or something like that. But I was like, I'm not going to do that because I didn't have, I was very insecure. I was very just, I had like a very, I didn't know who I was at all. And I still kind of don't, but like a little more now, you know, it took me 28 years to be like, okay. Okay, I, I see what totally, I see what's happening totally. now. But so I was so insecure that I was like, I could never do that, right? So I started to think more yeah. like, okay, I'm not exactly sure what I want to do. So I'm going to think about the things that I don't want to do. Because I think not mm-hmm. knowing, or I think knowing what you don't like and what you don't want and what maybe you just would never see yourself doing is just as important as knowing the things that you'd be down for, right? A thousand percent. Last week, I did an episode on this of like how there's so much pressure to and I think it's it's just grown more as like entrepreneurship has grown so much more and it's just so much more celebrated now it's so glamorized now which cool amazing but it's not everyone's path right and I think that's also okay but I think there's this like narrative that if you're not doing what you're passionate about you've like lost you know or it's like yeah if you love what you do you're never going to work a day in your life complete bullshit but it's something that if you really it it can really get to you in a way where you're like fuck like I don't know what I'm what's my purpose what am I passionate about when in reality I think what I try to remind myself every day is like your purpose is ever changing you're also allowed to have more than one and it's also okay if you know you don't love what you're doing every single day totally totally a thousand percent I also think the idea that you know the whole idea of if you love what you're doing, you're never going to work a day in your life. That's literally nuts. Like, no, like, <laughs> anyone who does something that is a passion of theirs will tell you how hard it is to like wake up every day on your own thing. I mean, I can imagine for you, like how that is. And, and I just, I think that like social media also kind of like contributes to this, the idea that we show the best parts of our lives and, Um, and we don't tend to show the times where we're struggling or having difficulty, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely agree with you. Like, I think that getting older is like figuring out that nothing is like a straight line, 
but everything is building blocks. I always say that to people, like everything is building blocks. Like I really don't believe that there are instances where people can actually go backwards or like make a mistake when it comes to like a job that you've chosen or, you know, your major that you've, like everything is just a learning experience. Everything. So. If you went back to college now, like let's just say you were going to college right now, what would you do? If I were going to college, if I went back to college right now, I would probably take more business-oriented classes. No, like oh. let's say you let's say you just graduated yeah. high school, like yeah. today, and you were going to yeah. college. I still, I would still say that. I would still, I would still, okay. Because I went to Barnard is such like a liberal arts school, so there's no like, yeah, there's no like uh, marketing or business major at Barnard. Am I crazy, or is it is it a is it it's only women, right? Yeah, so it's essentially like a, I don't know what you would call a sub-college within mm-hmm. um, Columbia University. So it's it's only women, but also like you have the whole university ecosystem and you can take mm. classes at Columbia. Columbia so you didn't feel, you didn't feel like? Not a ton, not a ton. I definitely felt it in certain circumstances, like, you know, the living situation and all that, but like otherwise. How was not, that? Not that much. Um, it actually was fine. I really, I, <laughs> I loved it like mm-hmm. I it was so fun it was always like a sleepover yeah um but then like I would go to my friends you know I had a lot of and still a lot of close girlfriends who went to Columbia and so I would go to their dorms or whatever and right. I would be like oh my god it's so messy <laughs> or like whatever not because of them but just because yeah. it's like such a different such a different vibe I would go to, um, I would go to class looking like shit if it were just all gross <laughs> like that would have been really nice um, I mean, I still kind of did, but yeah, I I think if I were to go back, like, out of high school, I probably wouldn't change that much. I would probably just like expand a little bit more in the things that I tried to learn about. Like, I always kind of regretted that I never took an econ class, or like, you know, just expanded a little bit out of out of my comfort zone. And I also probably like would have tried to make better relationships with the professors because I feel like that's something that I like wish that I did I was kind of like oh whatever I'm just gonna intern and (laughs) do my thing outside of school um but yeah I would probably do those two things I don't know I loved college so much I went to AU and I had the best time like I only had three years there because I had a gap year like I told you and I was so stressed about being behind which now in retrospect I'm like bitch you should have fucking Mm. stayed those four years even if you would have been oh so you tried to like expedite the process I was like oh my god like I don't know what the hell my hurry was my rush and I felt like everybody that I was you know that I graduated with I was like I couldn't bear the thought of like everybody's graduating and I'm still in college which now it's like, who cares? Mm. But I was so stressed about that. So I like mm. overloaded every semester and I took summer classes every semester so that I could like, so I only had- Be kind of on the same yeah. timing. As yeah, so year. I had three years there and it was amazing and I wouldn't change. I mean, I, I loved it so much. I'm so grateful for the experience. I'm so grateful for my education. But truthfully, like, I didn't, I'm not really using anything I learned. You know what I mean? Like everything that I, yeah. everything that I'm doing and that I've done and everything I've worked in, like I've, I, I've learned by doing, not by what I, yeah. what I did in college at all. Totally. Totally. I mean, I fully, fully feel that way. Like I definitely think that you learn by doing. I mean, I always would say to like people who were in school after I had left, like if you can, it, and it's not even about doing internships because I think that's one route. 
but like whatever kind of like tangible experience you can get during that time is so important because you really learn by doing and like by being accountable in work that is not like your college work or to your right like it's just a different experience so yeah I always would say like and just test different things too because to your point like you never know what you're gonna like um and that's the time to kind of explore and test things out totally and also if anybody's listening and you're in college like soak it up and don't be in a rush like I was in such a rush I don't know why like I I I felt so old when I was like 22 23 I was like oh my god my time is running up and it's like I would fucking pay to be 22 right now like are you kidding me I know I know I totally totally agree like it's actually so funny to think back at that time and how like stressful the feeling of like needing to have everything defined was when it's like now we're like we're just going with the flow literally (laughs) I still don't know what I'm doing I saw this meme yesterday um or a few days ago and it said like you guys are out here waking up with five-year plans and I just wake up and see what the vibes are (laughs) that's literally how I live my life now because it's just too much okay anyway let's get into (laughs) community um okay so much I want to get into about this Before we talk about building a a community, really quickly, what's the difference between an audience and a community? Oh, yeah. It's a really good question. I mean, I think it relates to the question that you asked right before we got on about, like, the feeling of, do I have enough people to actually, like, go into making a community? And I I think there's both a conflation of audience and community in the sense that people think of them as the same, but also, um this idea that one might be better or stronger or more important than the other. And I just don't think either is true. Um, I, so an audience is like, the way I think of it is like one way dialogue versus a conversation. Right. And so social media, while of course you get to find people who are like, love what you're doing and maybe you have DM conversations, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it tends to be a kind of one to many dialogue, right. Where you share your life and, And what can be beautiful about that is that people can then see themselves in what you share. And so there's this connection point, this relationship that starts to build that I think of that as like really being kind of the crux of like what an audience is. But a community is where I always use this phrasing of you're kind of the facilitator, not the focus. And so when when you're building a community, you're actually you're not just like starting to build deeper connections, conversations, relationships with the people who are like, oh, I'm interested, invested in what you're talking about, but you're starting to build those relationships and conversations amongst them too. And I think that's one of the things that is really hard to do on social media, frankly, right? Like it's, you can find your people and that's amazing, but, but going one level deeper and like facilitating conversations and it can be really challenging. It's just those social media isn't really the tool for that. And so the way that I think about Geneva is not necessarily, not by any means really a competitor to an Instagram or a Twitter, um, but rather, you know, there's so many creators on Geneva who might make content and talk about wellness or mental health or books. There's like a queer book club on Geneva that I think is so amazing. And those are all things that are such community oriented topics, right? Um, And so those people have now created spaces where it's not, the communities don't rely on them, right? It's like in a wellness community on Geneva, girls like every day are sending their like recipes or food pics or 
does anyone have a recommendation for this like ashwagandha thing? <laughs> and so it's like that deepening like of of the relationship that I think is is really where community comes into play and how it how it can be different from an audience. I've heard you mention how one of the tools to grow and strengthen a community is by giving your community ownership in a way. And I totally. think it, I think that's kind of what you're saying, right? It's like it's not about yeah. you. You're giving them the ability to like do whatever the, they want essentially and talk amongst each other and whatever. And I felt identified when you were talking about that because I feel like I have – I'm very open with the people that listen to my podcast and, and follow me on my stories and whatever and, and – I feel so tight with them. Like truly, yeah. I talk to them all. To me, that's the first thing. That's why I wanted to do what I was doing was not to post pictures yeah. of myself all day, but no shade to that. It's just not like, yeah. you know, but I wanted to talk about shit. Like I've been through a lot of stuff. I love talking. I can't shut up to save my life. And I love hearing people's Same. stories. <laughs> I love hearing people's stories. And I just, you know what? I, so cliche, but it is what it is. I just want it. I just, I'm trying to be, who I would have loved to have. And I, I mean, totally. still work in progress, obviously, but kind of just to, if I can do anything to make somebody feel identified, job yeah. job done, right? So yeah. I feel like that's where I'm at, where I get DMs every day that make me ball, where it's like, I feel like you're my best friend. I feel like this. I feel like that. Like, thank you for sharing this. Thank you for sharing that. Like, da-da-da-da-da, right? Which is like amazing. But so I feel like, what I can do now is the next step where it's like I can bring them together yeah. and I don't necessarily have to be the focal point. I don't have to be the one who's narrating yeah. the conversation. That's yeah. something I haven't done whatsoever, you know? Yeah, I think it's like so I can totally see it for you. And the way that I, I guess my brain visualizes like audience and community in a, in a way, it's like audience, the, if it's a heat map, if you're looking at a heat map, the heat is kind of over you, right? And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean it in the sense that like, you know, it comes back to you. But when you think about a community, it's like that heat kind of expands to more people. Um, and there's this kind of shared collective ownership and um, contribution and like responsibility in a way that is really honestly positive um, that I think is really unique. And, um, and I think in particular with so many like young women creators, there's such a unique position for community because of the fact that exactly what you said, like there are so many people who are like you who are like essentially sharing your experiences. People really identify with that. And maybe it's that they want to talk about being a young entrepreneur or they want to talk about how to find your place as you're kind of like young woman, go, you know, in your early 20s. And, and that dialogue is so universal um, that I think, you know, it's really, it's an exciting opportunity for so many people to, to be building spaces to facilitate that conversation. If somebody was trying to build their community or maybe they have just started in 2022, what are a few things you would encourage them to do? Yeah. Um, I think the first thing I would encourage people to do, and I, it's always, sorry to interrupt yeah. you. It's so interesting because I was thinking about this episode and I was like, yeah. community is this thing that is like, it's kind of nebulous. It's like, you, it's like, you can't, right. It's like, you can't like explain what it is. Yeah. It's almost like a feeling, right. Yeah. But it's like, you can't really explain what it is. And it's, it's like the only thing online you can't 
like buy. Like you can't mm, fabricate yes. it. Yes. You can't just hire someone to do it for you. I mean, you can, right? Obviously, but like there has to be like a humanization to that as well. There yeah. has to be a story. I think I think it happens through like I think it happens through like patience and st- storytelling and doing that every single fucking day. Yeah. Until you're like, "Oh, wow, okay. Okay. Okay, it's happening." Yeah. But it's like so hard to describe it, right? A thousand percent. I mean, it's so nebulous. And I feel like especially in 2022, it's kind of like everything and nothing in some ways. Like we talk about it a lot, but it's really hard to put your, to put a pin in, you know? Um, And I mean, I think that especially, you know, for someone, I guess, leaning into the idea of like a creator, right? Who's building community. Um, I think one of the things that people are usually surprised by is like, I think starting small is actually really, really powerful and a really powerful way to start Um, because, you know, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So what I mean by that is a lot of times, and this, you know, this can work too, just totally depends on, um, you know, what works for you and your approach. But I think that starting with an intentional, starting a community with a really intentional group of people who, you know, are, um, ready and excited to really like partner with you hand in hand to like be facilitators of conversation and build this space and space is so literal, but I say that more, more fluidly build this space with you. And so whether that's like the people who you engage most with on Instagram or um, the people who, you know, are most interested in the thing that you want your community to be around, whether it's wellness or, or mental health or, or what have you, I think starting small with those people and building your community over time is super important because one, um, it allows the connection points between people to more organically form and like strengthen. Um, so rather than putting everyone in, in a place at once, and then you're like, everyone's trying to kind of find their connection points. And I always think of it as a web kind of trying to build those little strings um, in between each other you start and you layer on top and you you grow thoughtfully and in a way that is ultimately like sustainable and and feels really organic and so that's the first thing i would say is like you know definitely don't think that you need to start a community with hundreds thousands of people in order to feel successful because success is in the depth of connection not in the you know size of the people there so that's, I think, the biggest thing I would start with. And I, I think your second, the second point I would make, which is related to what you said, is like, take your time. You know, communities definitely don't grow overnight and they take a lot of in, like high intent. And, you know, I also think that, frankly, like community building isn't necessarily for everyone. Like not everyone wants to do that. Not everyone wants to build a community and facilitate that kind of connection. And that's fine. I, I think there's this idea that you have to do that nowadays, whether you're a brand or a creator, that you must do that in order to be authentic or, yeah. or in order to kind of be with the times. And I just, I don't think that that's true. I think that, you know, if you are, if there's a community that you know you want to build, like do it. But also it's, I don't, I don't see it as a requirement for people who have a presence online or brands who have a presence online um, in order to be successful. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like for people to become a part of your community, 
there has to be trust, right? And I think something else, and this I think applies just in general in real life, is I think one of the reasons why I've why I've been able to develop these relationships with people who listen to the podcast or, or watch my stories or whatever, because that's where I'm most active. I think a big part of why they are able to feel close to me is because I'm I have a lot of openness. I share a lot. There's a lot of vulnerability. And I think that's when that's present, it's very easy if you're also feeling that that same feeling or whatever, have a paralleled experience, it's easy to feel connection, right? And so I talk about this a lot with um, a lot of my friends that are also creators and they're like, fuck, like I wish, I wish, like I want more closeness with my audience. And they're like, but I don't want to share that much. Like, I don't want to open up that much. I don't want to be that vulnerable. And I mean, it is hard. It's uncomfortable. I don't share everything, but I do share a lot because I feel very comfortable sharing certain things. So I don't care. Um, But so to your point, I think if it starts to feel unnatural or if it starts to feel like you're, you have to like push yourself to create this connection, then maybe, yeah, maybe it isn't like, it shouldn't be the focus in a way. Yeah. I also think that like everyone's a approach is different and so there's a there's a a mental health community on Geneva called Sadie Baddies oh Um, cute it's so so cute I need to join that I know it's so (laughs) cute and the founder Priscilla who is incredible she is um she works in the mental health space but she started Sadie Baddies as kind of a a side project initially on Instagram as a space for people to have conversation and learn about just mental health, mental health practices, you know, share experiences, et cetera. I wouldn't say that she was like sharing a ton personally, but she made this really kind of like niche space for people that they saw was for them, right? And so she was able to really go deep on something that was really important to her, really um, personal to her in a really specific way. And I think that that's also a really, I think those kinds of things also kind of beget really beautiful communities because it ends up being really that's such a natural evolution of you know what you've already built on social so I think it I think it totally depends but I definitely agree with you I think that that trust is huge um and I think it's that two-way trust as well right so that the trust that your community your audience has with you because of how open you are um as you're building a community it also kind of becomes 360 where you're essentially opening up a space to say, I want you all to facilitate the dialogue and facilitate the conversations. And I think that that can be, you know, when done well, that just strengthens that trust even more. Um, And so I I think it's a huge part of it. Yeah, I think, I love love how you phrase that. And I think something people get mistaken maybe is like that you have to share every facet of your life in order to like, create this and it's not true whatsoever but I think especially now I mean there's so many creators online and while I don't think you have to share everything about yourself and you are allowed to have boundaries obviously I do think if you were trying to create that sort of like BFF vibe with your people you got to give them something like what how can I how can I connect to like your cappuccino you know what I mean? Like a, a picture of your coffee. Like I, I, you need to give something in a way. Um, I, I, I almost feel like something's got to give, right? To like, yeah, yeah, to make people feel identified. I also, I also wanted to ask you this, just to hear your take on it. Is 
lately I feel like there's there's been this conversation of like you know there's so much repetitiveness online and and you know everyone quote unquote is an influencer like everybody wants to share their life and whatever it is right and so I've been thinking a lot about this and I would love to hear what you think of like where is influencing headed or where is content creation headed where do you see um, more space or just what are your thoughts on it? At least from my perspective, I think that the kind of creators online who will be building kind of the evolution of what the creator identity looks like are people who are building communities. Um, and I think that those kinds of spaces are going to be the differentiators for creators who, to your point, are like, focus on one platform, one space, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or what have you. And creators who are kind of, for lack of a better phrase, like building a world. Um, and I think that, I think that community is really going to continue to become the, the space that creators really take on. I think, I think there's been a lot of dialogue in the past kind of year about brand communities. And I think that's huge too. Um, but I'm particularly excited about creators leading communities about whether it is about mental health or activism or what have you, um, because I think that what we know is that creators have incredible platforms and, you know, a lot are focused on like these really specific topics or, or things that they love and, and facilitating the actual like connection between people is really the next step in evolution of, of that. Um, so I think that that'll be a huge piece of how the space evolves. Um, granted, I don't think that it's how, like I said before, everyone has to evolve in the space, but I, I think it'll, it will become a, a huge piece of the puzzle. Uh, and I also think that there will be more ways for people who are community builders first to actually become more influential online. I feel like right now it's like you become influential online and then you make a community. And I think I don't know exactly how, but I just anticipate that that will start to change and evolve too over the next, you know, few years. I think it's really cool because I think we're kind of like developing this as we go, right? Like it's like yeah, no one's ever totally. done this before really. And the space is is changing quickly and growing so quickly. I think it's like really exciting. It's like scary a little bit, but also very exciting. If somebody came yeah. to you and they were like, I feel like I you know, I'm, I'm struggling to build my community. Like I'm focusing on them and I'm focusing on providing them value and, and strengthening them, but I'm having a hard time like expanding it. What would you, what would you mm. say? So obviously that's such a broad question because it's like, depends on the yeah. platform I know, but just. Yeah. I actually think what it's, what's interesting about the question is I rarely hear that because I tend to find that like if you're spending the time building the community, building the experiences in the community, like making sure that there's like really connections between people. Word of mouth. What starts to happen is exactly yeah. that, like word of mouth. So maybe um, maybe they're I not do, doing the best job. But at <laughs> I do exactly. I do think that the, there's there is always that question of like how do I grow my community? Yeah. But I think that that the answer to that question is exactly what you first said, which is like you have to spend the time building it. Um, because I, but I I think it's a really good question because of the fact that there is an idea that when you create a community, people will come and it'll grow 
and it's like you got to open the door and then people will just walk right through and that's like not really what happens um and it takes time and and watering as I like to say and so I actually think it's it's such a good question because it's I like gave the answer in the question yeah like I really do I really do believe that so yeah I think that's that's what I would probably would probably say and I think the the other thing that I would just like underscore a little bit with that answer is that building the community is also not necessarily about like okay I gotta make content or make stories for people right it's like building experiences maybe it's like um everyone has a like get ready with me style like hangout on a Friday night where it's you plus like a bunch of your community members actually getting ready together, right? Like those kinds of things are what what build a community where you're you're you yourself too are a participant um, in the experience, just like your your members are. So yeah, that's kind of that's what I would say. What has been a recent, not like activation, but like a recent some event or something like that that has happened through Geneva that you're like wow that was so cool like a creator being like let's all get ready together today at 5 p.m like something like that like what's one thing recently that's happened that you're like oh that was so cool or like the sad Mm. baddies like that's (laughs) yeah I mean I think one of the things that's been coolest in the past like month is we've had so many we call them like IRL communities for lack of a better Mm -hmm. Phrase, but essentially we have so many like creator led communities that are just like centered around a city. So, um, I mean, Kenzie honestly yeah. is like such a good example. Okay. Like she talks all the time about how she'll go out to a bar <laughs> and meet someone who's like, I'm in your group chat. Um, yeah. and you know, we have this, uh, this TikToker named Belle started a home on Geneva called London Town Girlies. It has like 6,000 amazing um, like people in London in it. And what's so cool about that is that what ends up happening from those communities is both the, the like creator of the space and, you know, facilitates connection and all of that. But what I see so much in those kinds of communities that is, I think, so unique is that like members of the community will be like, hey, I'm going to have a drink at this bar or I want to have a picnic. Anyone want to join? And it's so organic. Um, And we use this phrase, my teammate, Lauren, who leads brand at Geneva, used this phrase that I'm obsessed with, which is like using online to get offline. I love that. And it's one of the things that I'm loving most about what I'm seeing on Geneva is just like really organic, real life communities kind of coming spinning up and like and then what's people more are actually using those spaces to come together like what, yeah to come together IRL yeah what what would you say to somebody like me who is maybe like okay I'm sold I've, I've, I've been sold on this idea for a while <laughs> but I'm like it's like I feel like no one will show up which I know is not true and I know that shouldn't matter like that's that's the thing is like I sit here and I give my girls all this fucking advice and I don't take any of it. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't think I'm kidding, but girl, who are you? Telling you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why do I fucking feel that? Like, what, why am I so scared about that? Or it's like, do you ever feel like there's like hesitation because I don't know if it's relatively new, but, but the concept of it, I think is still something that maybe a lot of people aren't familiar with maybe. And I think when people don't know something or don't understand how something works, they're like, 
judgy about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, totally. So those are my two things that I'm like, well, ma- like, uh, uh, like I just feel I'm just annoying basically is what it, I'm a pain in the ass. No, I, I, I think it's really, I think it's real. I mean, I, I do think that there's nothing to it, but to do it sometimes, but, I <laughs> but I also think that if I, if I were to get really like tangible about like, what would I say? Yeah. I would say when you're starting a community and, and, you know, someone like you who you've built this real kind of so many connections with your audience on social, I think starting with a kind of particular like approach. And so whether that's like, you guys, I'm starting this community and I want for us to have like weekly check-ins where we just like hang out together. Right. Like right? have and an actual like thing that we're yeah, going to do. Give some, give people something to be like, oh my God, that's like yeah. exactly what I want to do or exactly what I want to talk about. Totally. Um, is a, a really, idea. is a really nice way to start. And it doesn't have to be too many things. It doesn't have to be too much, too overwhelming, but rather just something that you can really visualize and you can think, okay, that's what I'm going to do with my people. Um, and the community is really the venue for me to do that thing, for us to do that together. That's how I would think about it. Okay. I'm going to do it. it. Um, okay. <laughs> and we'll talk about it. And we'll talk about Perfect. it. <laughs> what, and I'll explain why I want to ask you this, but what, when you feel yeah. the most confident, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like what role has confidence played in your life? Has it been like, I've always felt, I've always been like a confident bitch. Has it been more like I've struggled? I mm-hmm. haven't. I have little, little backstory on that. Um, I think that I, so I don't think I've always been confident. I think that I have always been really introverted and very like, always been very comfortable being by myself. Like, I was always that kid that was like, yeah. oh, good, I'm just going to like do my thing, write in my journal or read my book. I was book. like, my mom says I can't come. But in reality, I was yeah. like, mom, I'm telling them that you said no. Exactly. <laughs> and I do think that like being like that for so much of my youth made me someone who, you know, I think there's generally two types of people in the world. There's people who get powered up being with around, around a bunch of people and like in social yeah. environments. And there's people who get powered up by being by themselves. Right. And I'm definitely the latter, which is funny because my job is like social stuff and being social. And I, I love that too, but I feel my most confident when I'm like journaling by myself or actually this is so specific, but my landlord just gave me access to this little roof deck that exists <laughs> off my living room. Like when I'm sitting out there reading. Um, and I think that that is because it's just like how I've always been, but also it's where I think I can tune in, tune in and center with my own thoughts and um, be, you know, most in tune with what I am thinking about, what my perspective is, whether it's on a challenge that I'm having that day or what is my future or anything big or small. Um, those are the times when I feel most confident is like when I'm totally by myself kind of doing one of my own personal rituals, which is like journaling or reading or something like that. I could not agree more. Two things about that. First of all, your professor your professors didn't love you, but your landlord loves you, which is amazing. It's true. <laughs> like you, it's true. You made it. <laughs> um, and also I 
it's so it took me so long to understand myself first of all god bless therapy but how you can be so introverted yeah but also like look i literally can't shut up and i share my life online but I would rather be alone than anything else no, in same. the world. Oh my God, I'm exactly the same. I mean, everyone people around me don't knows get I that. can't shut up. Everybody around me knows I would like just talk, 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 talk. I'm but... so outgoing. I love to be social, but 80% of my life, I need to plug myself into the wall and charge. And yeah. those two things can so coexist. And it's, yeah. I think, still something that people don't realize. Totally. But I love that answer because I relate to it to a spiritual level and I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> But the reason why I wanted to ask you that was just because I love talking about confidence on on the podcast and I feel like showing up for your community and showing up and sharing your voice online, like I think requires a degree of at least self-awareness and at least a lot of, I mean, for me, the more confident that I've become and the more that I've worked on myself, the better that I've been able to open up, have dialogue, have these conversations, share more. And so if somebody was listening and they were like, I would love to, you know, cultivate more confidence in my life. What would you say to them? I I guess my answer would be probably just based on my own experience, because um, it's it's all I know, I guess. But I, I think my answer would be to have a to build some kind of like personal ritual that is just yours, um, that allows you to like be introspective. So mine is journaling. I journal every morning. I'm like obsessed. Everybody knows. I do morning pages. And it's like a huge... Same, same, same. Mental... Yeah, it's like mental yoga, you know? That for me, you know, it can either be a space where I'm like, oof, like I needed to get some emotions out today, honey. Or it can be a space where I'm like, oh my gosh, I just had this like unlock on this idea or this unlock on something about my job or you know, a friendship or whatever. Um, and it could be like really, you know, power me up. I think having something like that where it is just for you, you know, I guess some people would call it like self-care in a way. Um, but I, I think rituals like that where it's, yeah, maybe it's self-care, but it, it should should focus on the introspection and like, you know, being with yourself and and spending time by yourself with your own thoughts, I think is like a really good way to understand yourself. And I actually think that that's like the root of where confidence or lack thereof can come from is just like, I don't know what I think, or I don't know how I feel, um, or this person thinks this way, and I'm not sure that I know what I think. And so what does that mean about me? And I think you have to set the space uh, for yourself to be able to uncover those things in your own time and in your own life. Totally. It's like giving yourself the space to understand yourself and validate yourself and and realize and just become aware. I think we're so uncomfortable yeah. being alone. A lot of, well, I'm not. I'm too comfortable being by my fucking self, but <laughs> like I think it's a thing. I think a lot of people are very uncomfortable to sit by themselves with themselves, explore themselves do like that kind of work because it isn't fun sometimes it's not easy either I I love that answer because I think also a misconception that people have about confidence or at least one that I had for so long was that it was so solely based on appearance or solely based on me reaching you know some like point in my life some physical point it was very 
I had a lot of issues with my body. And so that's what it was like so tied to that for me. And you quickly realize that once, you know, you think you're going to get somewhere and then finally you're going to be confident or whatever. Right. But then like you get there and the goalpost keeps moving and moving and moving because it's never about that. And it's also not a destination whatsoever, like at all. It's just such a daily thing. So having those practices, like you said, and having those little things that are going to be so different for everybody that make you actually think and and fuel you, but also challenge you, I think that's like the the sweet spot, right? Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's so true. Like it is not a destination. And I think that's why rituals are so important to confidence and to mental health because they are the work, right? Like they, that is the work that you do every day to kind of like show up for yourself. And it doesn't, it doesn't have an end point. Totally. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I loved this conversation so much. I'm so excited for my Geneva journey. I'm going to be a sad baddie in that (laughs) room. I'll send you you (laughs) Thank you so much. Where can people find you? Where can people find more about Geneva, et cetera? Tell us. Yeah. So Geneva is, I mean, I guess I'll say this, these little logistical pieces, totally live. So if you have an iPhone, if you have an Android, if you want to use it on your computer, you can do any of those things. Um, you can find it in the app store. You can find us on Geneva.com. You can find us at Geneva on all the social places. Um, and I'm just Kim Johnson dot underscore. I have a very common name, you guys. So just bear with me on Instagram. Um, but yeah. And if you, you know, ever have any questions or um, anything like that, people can always reach out to me about, about Geneva things, community things or you know, whatever other things maybe sparked in your brain during this conversation. Love it. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.